I'm Dr. Omar Khan. I'm Dr. Shannon Gowland. I'm Dr. Tiffany Dursey. And welcome to Vet Sessions. Welcome to Vet Sessions. I'm your host, Dr. Shannon Gowland. Today, I'm so excited to speak with Dr. Werda Iqbal, who graduated from OVC in 2020. Werda, welcome. Oh, thanks so much for having me. So before we get started, I just want to thank our sponsors, OVC Pet Trust, for their support of our podcast. OVC Pet Trust was founded in 1986 here at the Ontario Veterinary College and is Canada's first charitable fund dedicated to improving and advancing companion animal health and well-being. OVC Pet Trust supports innovative discoveries, education, and healthcare that improve the prevention, diagnosis, and treatment of diseases of pets. You can learn more about OVC Pet Trust at www.pettrust.ca or connect with them on Instagram at OVC Pet Trust. Thank you, Pet Trust. So let's jump into our topic, which is what to expect as a new graduate. Werda, thanks so much for reaching out and offering to come and talk about this really important topic. I think it was a really great idea. Oh, you're so welcome. I, I do think it's a good idea as well, especially we've got a new batch of kids about to graduate. Exactly. <laughs> Very exciting. Yeah, the timing is good for sure. So maybe we could jump in by starting to hear about your journey as a new graduate. So I had the pleasure of graduating during the pandemic. Of course. So as a 2020 grad, we got cut short a little bit. I think I missed two rotations and everything was new. So that was really, really fun to navigate. But I graduated in 2020 and I actually moved all the way to Texas during the pandemic. Wow. Uh, And I started in a mixed animal practice there, super rural. And I stayed there for about a year and a half, a little bit more. Uh, And then I moved back in 2022 and I moved to Whitby. So I'm back in Canada and I've been practicing here in a small animal practice since. It's been good. Good for you. Good ah, for you. That's exciting. It that you is to Texas. Exciting. Yeah, that's really <laughs> It different. was really, it was just kind of a decision and I stuck to my guns and I did it and I'm happy about it. For that's sure. good. That's good. So what was the process of finding your first job as a vet like for you? So luckily, I did my externship in Texas. And so this is the clinic that I ended up at. And I know that happens to a lot of people. They end up staying or they get offered a job. And so that's kind of um, what I did. I knew it had everything that I was looking for. Um, Most importantly, good mentorship. So uh, I went there and it was awesome. I did do a handful of interviews. It wasn't just I went there and that's what I decided. I did a lot of interviews, mostly at places where I did my rotations. And I thought that was really useful. I, as much as I like a one day working interview, I don't think you get a full picture <laughs> of no. what the clinic is like. So I did a lot of interviews at places I actually did rotations, which was good. Um, and yeah, that worked out for me. I got to see how my actionship clinic was run and that it was something that I wanted to go do and somewhere I wanted to go. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how my search wasn't too, too bad, but that's how I ended up there. That's a great idea. So did you kind of strategically pick some external rotations at practices where you thought you might want to work? Yes. Externship, honestly, was more of a whim. So it's funny that I ended up there. (laughs) But the rest of my rotations, absolutely. I chose practices that I was like, ah, they're looking, I'd be interested. Um, And so for a lot of my rotations, I had conversations with the practice manager or some of the vets there before I went there. That's really, really smart. Yeah. Because yeah. as you say, a one day interview, you can tell <laughs> some things, but yeah. not everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Huh, that's great. Okay. So then in terms of how you chose the clinic you started at, you based it on your externship? 
Yes, absolutely. So I think the most important thing for me was good mentorship. I wanted to feel supported by whoever was mentoring me. I wanted them to have the mentality that no question is a dumb question because I knew I was going to ask silly questions. (laughs) So I wanted someone that wasn't going to judge me, that had my back. Um, And then I also wanted a variety of cases and high volume whenever I was ready. So I wanted to get exposure to as many things as possible that I learned in school. And Texas was kind of cool for that because it's such a hotter climate, right? They, yeah. You do have different infectious diseases, a lot of different stuff. And I knew I was going to have the opportunity to experience all of that. So that was important. Location wasn't big for me. And that's kind of why I decided to move. It is now, but I know a lot of graduates, they are basing their decision on where they have a house with their partner or where their family is or where their roots are. Um, and so although it wasn't important to me, then it is now. So that's a, a lot of uh, one thing that a lot of people do consider. Um, and then my last thing that I thought about was someone once told me and I don't I wonder if you agree with this is the first two years of how you practice really puts the foundation down for how you practice the rest of your veterinary career. Like obviously you change and things tweak here and there, but the foundation is laid in your first two years. So I wanted to end up somewhere where I was comfortable with the medicine that was being practiced. Whatever that looked like for me, I wanted me to feel comfortable that my first two years were going to be something that I was really proud of that I did two years at a clinic that I think is practicing good medicine and that's what I built my foundation on so yeah I don't know if you agree with that but that's what someone told once told me yeah I think that's really interesting I think that I mean I think there's always an opportunity to learn more um, and you know it's always possible to if you have a first negative experience to then achieve a positive one but I do think those first couple years are really important partly in just building confidence as well right and Mm -hmm. I think the best way to do that is to practice really good medicine with really good mentorship of course yes absolutely yeah I, I agree with you I mean I certainly have lots of my own classmates who had negative first job experiences and then ended up going to things like industry which is also a great career option but wasn't what they planned initially yeah. So, and I think that if they'd had better mentorship, then maybe they would have, you know, maybe stuck with clinical medicine, which was what they, some of them initially wanted to do. But yeah, I do think the first experience is really important. That's so funny that you said that because I had a lot of classmates that had a really bad first experience. Um, and so that was actually part of the reason I even said that I think that this podcast, this episode would be important because there are so many people that I know that they didn't, they, although they knew mentorship was going to be important, they didn't emphasize on it enough. And they left, they had such a sour taste as a new grad, especially during a pandemic where everything was uncharted territories for everybody. Forget just being a new graduate. Everybody was trying to figure out how to practice during a pandemic. And I think parts of we still are. Um, But yeah, that was huge looking around and seeing that people were having negative experiences, it made me feel bad because I'm like, I was struggling, but not for the same reasons that they were. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was that was tough for me to see for sure. Yeah, for sure. And you guys had a, such a hard time. I mean, <laughs> starting off with parking lot medicine. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> I struggled with it too. And I've been doing this for a few yes. more years than you. So yeah. Yeah, it was oh tough. I, luckily in Texas, is a little bit of a different ballgame. But as soon as I came back, yeah. I got more of the pandemic experience. And I was like, whoa, this is tough because you're you're a new grad you're a new face to a lot of clients and yeah. you're 
not getting to make that human interaction because they're not getting to see your face. So that was hard to navigate, but we all made it through and we're kind of at a good point now, I think. Thank goodness. Fingers crossed that it stays that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's been so nice for us to have the clinics, the students back in our clinic as well. Yeah, yeah all yeah. of it. Yeah, for sure. So how did you feel starting your new job? You know, it's a kind of a mixed, a mixed bag, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm interested in how you felt kind of starting yeah. out. So we, I think from day one, they talked to us about imposter syndrome. I remember first day of phase one and they said you will feel imposter syndrome and I got waves of it through vet school I certainly did PHC I mean because you that's I think PHC is your most um uh, what's the word valued experience in terms of getting a good idea of what small animal practice is like when you graduate um so I certainly felt imposter syndrome while I was here but nothing to the degree until I graduated (laughs) Because now it's your license. You're not having someone watch you, give you constant feedback. You get help, but someone can't be there 100% of the time. So that was hard for me, just knowing how much imposter syndrome was going to be a thing. So that part was tough. Um, I also found myself being really hard on myself. Every little thing that I wasn't just instantly picking up, every little thing that I'm like, oh, I should know this. They taught me better that was really tough for me. I did find myself and I, unfortunately I still do it, right? I'm I'm only not even three years out. That's still so embedded in my brain that we have to be perfect. And as vets, I, even as vet students, we all know we're all pretty type A. We worked really hard to get here. (laughs) We have a mindset and when we don't attain the goal that we set out for ourselves, we are really hurt on ourselves. So that was really tough for me. I have definitely worked on that, but when I first graduated, that was tough. Um, And then putting all the negative aside, I definitely felt alive when I graduated to get out of school and get to do the thing that we worked so hard to do. I woke up every day feeling like I had a purpose. I was excited about the cases I was seeing or the patients that I was seeing, especially in a mixed animal practice, especially in a rural practice. That was all very, very exciting for me. Uh, and I just, it emphasized for me why I became a veterinarian. I did this for a reason. And that val- that really showed to me when I graduated. I was like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yes, it's tough, but I'm going to keep plugging away and I'll get to where I want to be for sure. That is absolutely fantastic to hear and really inspiring for all of our <laughs> listeners. And yeah, I, I have to say I can identify with both of those things. Yeah. Imposter syndrome, the feeling that surely someone else could do this better than you. Um, it may be a lifelong project <laughs> for some of us <laughs> yeah, to combat so. <laughs> because I still feel like that some days and, you know, yeah. I should be perfect and I should know this. And, you know, I, I'm sure I knew this at one point, but I've forgotten it is maybe more where I am sometimes. Yes. But yeah, un- unfortunately, we all really expect a lot of ourselves and it does get easier and the Mm -hmm. thing is if you surround yourself with positive people like you know Tiffany and Omar and I support each other all the time you know if we're having a bad day we can go to the other guy and and or the other person will pick up and say hey are you okay today and you know Tiffany did a really hard dentistry today and oh my gosh we were so proud of her so (laughs) good for her if you have yeah yeah, if you have people around you who are positive that really does help it really does um and I I'm so happy that you felt that excitement and you know I still feel it it's still amazing what we do and I I still love clinical practice and hopefully, you know, when mm-hmm. you guys have been doing this as long as I have, you'll still feel the same. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's the dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, there's still lots to learn and uh, we do have an amazing job, but you're right, it's a hard one sometimes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. So um, 
So what were some of your early experiences as a new vet? Do you have any stories to share with us? Ooh, I'm going to have to think about stories. <laughs> I can give you the gist, definitely. Yeah, that would be great. So everyone has a different style of how they want to learn. My style was I wanted to dive right in. Throw me in the deep end, mm-hmm. more or less. I thought LVC did a good job. I felt ready and prepared. Yeah. I felt scared. I'm not going to say, oh, I was so confident, but I wanted to learn. So I was like, let's go. I'm ready. So my mentor knew that and he was, he knew I was ready. So he had me start doing solo surgeries. I started taking my own cases. Three months in, I started doing emergency medicine. Um, So that was really cool. I feel like if I waited any longer, I would have been too scared. (laughs) But I think I was kind of running on adrenaline. I was like, yes, let's do this. I'm ready for Emerge because I I knew that I would have the support. So I was like, I'm ready to try. Um, So because I was in rural practice, I got to see and help with so many things. I work with the local shelter. I work with the prison dogs, which was cool. Uh, I took some very crazy emergencies. uh, And because the closest referral clinic was about five hours away, we were all that they had. And so I worked up the cases as much as I could. And I honestly relied on my network at OBC. So funny enough, whenever I was in, whenever I was a student, I made friendships with some of the uh, interns, some of the residents, and so I had some of their numbers, like just to talk. I it was so helpful. I would shoot them a text and say, "Hey, what do you think about this? The owners can't afford to go five hours for a referral." you're my best chance <laughs> you got me through this maybe I could figure it out so that part was really good I even emailed some of my OVC profs I remember talking to Dr. Blois so it was just really really nice that part was great and I'm trying to think of what crazy story I guess one of the prison dogs that was an interesting story there was some sort of toxicity that was running through I still don't oh. know that I have any answers but they had multiple of the prison dogs um, dying oh, no. and so and that was a really hard case to work up I don't know that it did, I don't know that I've ever found what was doing it, but I figure out, out a way to do some supportive therapy, figuring out how to save them when they got to that point. Um, so that was really interesting. It was also interesting just working from like, it was more of a government side, right? Because the prison was government owned. Yeah. So they were limited in funds. They were only wanting to do so much. But the values, so I, some of the prisoners actually brought the dogs with the officer to the clinic and the, they cared so much. And that was really touching for me to see. That was very cool. So I definitely got to see some stuff. I did a lot of sheep work while I was there. I got to do some chicken things. So that was really cool. I sewed up a horse. I I don't do horses, so I didn't want to do a whole bunch of horse stuff. But I got to help here and there when they needed extra assistance and definitely some cow stuff, which was really cool. I I saw some crazy things while I was down there. Amazing. Amazing. That's a huge, like a really well-rounded experience. It sounds like you got to do some of everything and working with the prison dogs would have been a very unique yes unique experience it was really really cool and i don't think i could have gotten that anywhere else no so that was super exciting and the shelter's work for me was really impactful yeah um i definitely saw the value of it and the importance of it and how we were incorporating into our daily practice so that part was awesome amazing amazing that sounds like a really great first experience good for you thanks yeah it was good excellent so now that you've been out in practice for a little while, you can probably look back and kind of say, <laughs> if only I had known, and all of us have this, but I'm interested in your thoughts. Like, what are some of the things you wish you had known as a new grad? Sure. So easily, my tough thing would be that the leap between school and work was going to be so much bigger than I thought. 
with that being said, I think OVC gave me all the tools that I needed to succeed. Um, I just had to use them, but mm-hmm. definitely learning things on paper. I mean, we have fourth year, which is really helpful for rotations and being at PhD from the beginning is really helpful. But the jump was massive. I was like, okay, I learned this in the textbook. I learned this in class. How come it's not presenting that way? <laughs> yeah. So I remember the first Cushing's that I ever diagnosed. I'm like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And just getting the hang of now I can I can say, okay, I can look at blood work and say, yeah, this is what I think it is. This looks more indicative of Cushing's. All right, I can pair the two clinically, but the, just the anomalies I wasn't ready for. I just thought everything was going to be textbook and it wasn't. <laughs> if only. So, yeah, if only. So that was a bit of an adjust, adjustment. Um, I also wish I had a better understanding of work-life balance. And I know we talk about that this so much, but I put so much of my energy into doing work and then doing emergencies, I wasn't taking back to see that I was burning myself out. So initially that all came from pure excitement, right? I wanted to get my hands wet. I wanted to do everything possible. But then over time, I really saw that I was pushing myself too much and I was then now doing it out of obligation. Yeah. And unfortunately that's carried on for me, right? I did a year and a half of Emerge Med. And now whenever like my local Whippy emergency clinic, they, they're looking for vets. And anytime anyone asks me about emergency medicine, I always say I don't want to do it because I ruined it for myself. I did too much of it. I didn't have that work-life balance. I was working up two o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, four o'clock, and then doing a full day. That was too much being on call and and doing a full day of work. That was way too much. And I wish I had a better understanding of how to accomplish work-life balance for sure. Yeah, unfortunately, that is usually something I think we have <laughs> yeah. to learn for ourselves. I have an emerge background as well. And yeah, I absolutely understand what you're saying there. It's but, tough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's tough. And I just remember waking up in the middle of the night and sometimes my husband would come with me to emerge. He stayed with me for a couple months. So he would come to the emergencies just because it wasn't like I was staying at the clinic. And even for my own safety, right, I always wanted to make sure somebody else was there. So he got a good taste of what it's like. (laughs) And people then realize, like, it's a lot of work. It's emotionally taxing. It's mentally taxing, especially with emergency medicine. People are distraught, typically having a hard time making a decision which is fair. I mean, you're caught off guard. It's an emergency for a reason. So yeah, that, that would be my other thing that I wish I'd emphasize a little bit more is work-life balance. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's a really good thing to think about. And unfortunately, until we're in it, we don't always understand. Yeah. But as long as you, I think some of us need to kind of, uh, experience a little bit, a little bit of burnout and then realize what's happening. And then hopefully we recognize it at a point where we can turn it around. Although maybe, maybe some people are smarter than me and don't have to experience it for themselves. (laughs) Listen to word to everyone. She is right. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So, so what decisions might you have been made, might you have made differently? Is there anything you can look back on and say, you know, I think I could have decided this differently that would have made my life better. Yes. I definitely do. I've thought about this a lot, especially as I started a new clinic. Looking back, I really wish I talked to my peers more and we relied on each other. Not only were we new grads, but we were also facing the whole pandemic stuff. 
that was t- really, really tough. Um, and I wish I talked to more people from my class. I made so many lasting friendships. Um, and I just feel like we were all saying, yeah, everything's okay. We're getting to do this and maybe highlighting the exciting parts, not so much talking about the parts that weren't so good and that weren't so happy all the time. So I wish I relied a little bit more. Um, I certainly do more now, but starting out, I think I was just... I, I, part of me was scared, right? I didn't want to be the only one that was experiencing something negative. Or if I had a bad client interaction, I didn't want to tell anyone because I felt embarrassed. Because I'm thinking, hey, the next person's probably having a grand old time at their clinic and they probably have had no negative experiences and it's just me because I'm incompetent. Well, that's not the case at all. No. We're all going through it. So that part is, that part's something I wish I would have changed. I've changed it now for sure. So that's one thing. Um, I also wish I used my resources more. Here, I now talk to the veterinarians at IDEX. I think that that's really helpful. I do Royal Canin consults, use that to my advantage. I'll reach out to any of my contacts at referral places and say, hey, what do you think about this? The owner can't afford a referral right now, but I'd love some help. There are so many places you can get information, use them. So that would be another thing that I wish I did. Uh, to be fair, when you're first starting out, you're just trying to get your footing, right? So I even look back now I, when uh, when people would read extra articles and stuff and I would be like, how do they have the time? Because I was just trying, I felt like I was just treading water and trying to stay afloat. So now that I'm a little bit more out, I have a little bit more time. Now I'm like, okay, this is how people had time because now I have a foundation. I'm not lost all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can afford to spend 10 minutes here looking up an article on VIN or or whatever. So um, that part would be something that I'd want to keep in mind using my resources. And I think I had one last thing that I would want to remember is hobbies are huge. Yeah, huge. that's true. So I have so many things outside of vet medicine I love to do. And my first year, I lived and breathed vet med. That was all I did. Uh, I forgot about anything that I enjoyed outside of my career. And that was important for me. Now I've gotten really back into the things I love. I explore new things. I keep my mind entertained. So I think that's important. As much as we love our jobs, we are still people outside of our careers. Uh, So that's just a reminder that we are still more than just being Dr. Iqbal or Dr. Gowden. But that's, we are more than that, right? So um, that would be my other piece of advice is don't, don't lose and don't forget the things that also make you you besides being a veterinarian. I think that's great advice. And also don't forget the people who you love and who love you. You yes, know, uh, having a, I don't know, some of us have a significant other in our lives and, um, you know, it, it, we really need to spend time with those people as well. A lot of whom have maybe supported us through vet school, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I really, I really hear you there that we need to have a life outside of we vet do. med. Yeah, and going really off that, good advice. yeah, going off of what you said, making time for the relationships whether they be vet related or not I feel like my husband was telling me recently about how they published an article about how meeting up with your friends has such a positive impact on your mental health which yes seems obvious but sometimes we need a reminder that oh my gosh yes I haven't seen this person in so long let me go hang out with them there are so many people that got us into vet school that were there for us that were there for our journey uh we can't forget about them and and they're also so helpful for the tough days and for the happy day, days they're there, which is huge. 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. And for people who have maybe accepted that while we're in vet school, they don't see as much of us. They hope that once we graduate, yay, they'll see us more. <laughs> yeah. uh, make no. sure that that happens to some extent, <laughs> even though even yeah. though it's hard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's really, really good advice. So what are some of the decisions that you're really happy with? Like, I, I'm really happy to hear about things that have gone really well. So what, yeah. what are you, what do you look back and say, yep, I made the right call? I am super happy I stuck to my gut. I, the last minute, I didn't want to move to Texas because the pandemic had hit. I luckily was American, so I was able to cross okay. the border. Okay. So that part was great for me. Um, I stuck to my gut. I was like, let's do this. I signed a contract. I made a commitment. I wanted to fulfill it. Um, so I'm happy I did. I almost didn't go because I was scared to go during the pandemic. I didn't know what that would mean for me coming back. And I, I certainly made it more tough. I was, I remember when they closed the borders, I couldn't come back and regardless of it canadian you had to quarantine and all that so that i'm happy that i stuck to my guns i learned a lot while i was there i'm happy to be back um i don't know if dr tate still does this but when i was in fourth year he did offer to read our contracts i'm super happy that i got him to look at my contract because he gave me a lot of valuable advice he helped me with the negotiation part because that's not something we talk about a lot right is contracts compensation yada yada so i took what he has offered into consideration and i sent him my contract so that was really good that's one decision i thought randomly that i was really happy about um and then this thing that this is one huge thing and you're going to agree with me i am sure i haven't touched on is choosing a clinic with amazing supporting staff yes i've been to so many clinics and the texts, the ACAs, the receptionists, they make the place. They do. I can't even think of the amount of times that the recep the sorry, the technicians have told me, Hey, why don't you try this? This might be not what you want to do. So, because sometimes my mentor would be on a farm call. I didn't really have him. He'd be a phone call away, but I would be struggling through something in person. And there are so many times the technicians have saved me. Even still, I love my technicians at my current clinic. They give me great suggestions. They are awesome. And I remember like JC here, I'm so friends with her. So there's so many, so many good technicians and they're so smart. They are. They're so smart. They still save me. Like that doesn't <laughs> stop. So definitely surrounding yourself with really amazing staff are great and having a positive energy around you you know everybody's yeah. on the team um, we love our team so much here and I can't imagine working without them yeah so I'm really glad that you found something similar yes yeah. yeah there's just so many good supporting staff we're so lucky everyone's working hard it's not just one group of people yep. everybody's doing their best everyone has each other's back and that's really important yeah, absolutely. We couldn't do without them. The tech yeah. I work with today, well, I swear she was in five places at once. So, <laughs> yeah, it's great. And as a new grad, so I started off in emergency 24-hour practice. Oh, my goodness. And they, they paired me with the most seasoned technician. Wendy rescued me so many times. <laughs> I just can't thank her enough. Aww. So, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And the reception staff too, because they make your day happen. And, yes. you know, having them get that initial idea of why the person's coming in and they're the initial triage. So they're incredibly important to you. 100%. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think that their job is tough for very different yeah. reasons. <laughs> for sure. So that part is hard and I really commend them. I couldn't do their job. That's all I know. Yep. I could not do their job. No, no, I, I would not be a good receptionist. No, no. I would not. <laughs> Thank goodness that I they are. I'd fired very, very quickly. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you're not cut out for this. We'll stick to the medicine. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. So so what do you love most then about being in practice? 
So specialty wise, I love surgery yep. and I love internal medicine. I love the idea of working up a case start to finish. Now that I'm back in a place where referral is an option, I learned so much when the referral report comes back. Yeah. And I think, and I see that it's this, this, and this, this is what they did. This is what they prescribed that part. Love. I really, if I could go back and if I had to do an internship and then residency and anything, it would be internal medicine. I love it. Yeah. So practice wise, love that. Um, overall, and you're going to agree again, I love catering to the bond between pets and their people. Yeah. It's impactful and rewarding. I think that I never actually take a day for granted um, because it's a huge deal what we're doing. We take care of the pets, but we also take care of the people. So I love that. I love working in a team. I come into work every day, super excited to see my work family. When I'm in a bad day, I know they'll pick me up. If I come in to work on a bet with a bad mood, which happens sometimes, yeah. right? Things happen externally in life. Uh, they are always ready to, hey, let's get the positive energy going. So I love that. And of course, we all love the animals. They're yeah. so vulnerable and special. I look at my own pets and I'm like, oh, I get to advocate for you. Yeah. That's huge. I get to be your biggest advocate. And I never recommend and we never recommend anything we don't believe in. So that part has has been huge. Just catering to that bond, making sure I put the pet patient first, but also realizing the patient also comes with a human. Yeah, that's yeah. really, really important. And I agree. Those are those are some of the things that, that I enjoy yeah. most too. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. What's, for what's sure. the biggest thing that you love? Oh, the students. The students. You know, oh, yeah. I really, I, I I really love different. working with you guys. You know, it's so fun. Well, you're not a student anymore, but uh, just the enthusiasm, you know, and there's everybody's so excited, excited about doing yeah. things for the first time. And it's really fun to watch people go from week one to week three of the rotation and, and learn so much. And by week three, I want to keep everyone. And it's so fun seeing how independent people become. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, and all the things that you awesome. mentioned. Yeah. And our team is of course incredible. Your job is extra special. You get this it whole is. added component, which is amazing. It is. It is. Yeah. I really like it. So, um, so just to sum up, like what are the most important things you think you'd like to tell new graduates um, that they should consider, you know, as they enter practice and yes. choose their jobs and, and start their careers? What do you think? Yeah. So this will be the summary of the whole podcast. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you want to listen to anything, this would be the part. <laughs> exactly. Fast forward to hear it. <laughs> so my first advice, which I've said again and again, is choose a clinic that makes you feel comfortable and makes you feel excited to be a veterinarian. Uh, choose a clinic that makes you feel supported and understands what your learning style is. I like to be quizzed. I like to be asked questions. And I relay that to my mentor. So he catered to my learning style. Great. If that's not your learning style, then vocalize that. So make sure you end up somewhere you feel comfortable, you feel supported, you feel like someone has your back. If something go, doesn't go as you planned, you have a support system in line at work for you. Um, my other piece of advice is do not compare yourself to others. <laughs> Do your best and know it's enough. So even now I work in a practice with three other veterinarians and they all have more than 20 years of experience. One of the vets has been practicing longer than I've been alive. Wow. So it is very hard not to compare. And I come home every day and my husband tells me every single day, comparison is the thief of joy. And it is. It wow, is. Yeah. That's a really good saying. <laughs> yes. And I'm a wise man. <laughs> Yes. He tells it to me every day because he can see me beating myself up for not knowing something that the other vets knew. So just remember, just do your best. That's all you can do. When you're 20 years out, I'm sure you're going to other people are going to say, hey, I'm not as smart as this person. 
people are going to say that about you. That's it's all relative. You have to do your best. That's all you can do. Um, and then one other really important piece of advice is don't ever feel like you have to do something you're uncomfortable with. I think a lot of us are people pleasers, especially when we first start out. We want to please our bosses. We want to please the clients. We want to please the other doctors and the practice manager. But if you don't feel comfortable doing something, vocalize it. I'm still learning how to do this. I have a hard time setting boundaries. I have a hard time saying no. I have a hard time saying, oh, hey, I'm not comfortable with this. I'm still learning. Um, but I think it's being engraved to me now more so than ever especially with the other vets that I work with, because they're teaching me, hey, if you're not comfortable with this, you have to vocalize it, trust your gut. So that was my one thing that I thought of that, hey, yeah, we need to make sure that we don't feel so bad. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah. It is hard, but it's, it's hard. so important. It's so important. Uh, lastly, know that you're not alone. I'm, appro I'm approaching three years out, right? So I still rely on my support system. You have people in your corner, like we talked about. Don't forget about them. And I'm always here. I will put that offer out. I will put give you my information so we can put it in the description. Message me on Instagram. Shoot me an email. I am always happy to be an extra set of listening ears. Fantastic. And for our students, you know, we're still here. You can still <laughs> message me to, uh, and Tiff and Omar. You know, we actually really love it when students reach out and say, hey, this is where I am. And, you know, we're still connected with a lot of students. So, you know, join that group for sure. And we're more than happy just to just to talk to you or to help you out with a case or whatever you need. So don't forget that we're still here, too. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really love all of your comments, you know, and and getting back to I meant to comment too. you know, you mentioned having um, Dr. Tate or somebody else look over a contract and we are we are you know I know right now people are looking for jobs and I think that most veterinarians are really not good at negotiating and <laughs> no, advocating <we're> <laughs> for ourselves. No. And so I, I do think that's a really important piece that you mentioned. And all of the rest. I really love your tips. And I think oh, they're going to be really useful thanks. for our new grads. And thank you so much. I think this was a great idea. And yeah, starting in practice is so exciting. And it's also stressful. Um, but it really is a great thing that we do. And I'm so happy to hear you're enjoying it so yes. much. Uh, me too. It's, it's, it's been great. Yeah, good for you. Thanks so much to our listeners as well uh, for joining us today. Um, and if you have any questions or suggestions for future podcasts, please email us at vetsessions at hotmail.com. And also please follow us on Instagram at vetsessions. And if anyone listening would like to join us uh, to be interviewed on a podcast, we would love to have you. Take care, everyone. Thanks so much.